What's going on, people? It's Yabai Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are doing real well. I'm excited because it's the end of it's the end of the first half of the year 2020, and we made it. We made it. It's a course for celebration. I mean, this year has been nothing other than special, to say the least. This year has been rather special, to say the least. But we made it. We made it. We're halfway through the year. And if you are still standing, you got to celebrate, man. You just got to celebrate. You got to thank God for you just being alive and here today. But anyway, let's get right into the topics for today. We got a lot of things to cover today. We got Facebook in trouble. We got the CDC not very happy with American Airlines. We got to talk about this second stimulus package and if it is going to happen or not. We got the fact that Mississippi just finally, finally took down the last Confederate flag or Confederate flag within a flag. We'll talk about it. I'll explain when we get into it. But first, I want to start off with this. I want to start off with the fact that, man, the markets had the best quarter that it's ever had in a long time. In a long time. I mean, the Dow Jones had a plus 18 growth, which is the best that it's ever seen since 1987. The S&P 500 had a 20% growth, which is the best since 1988. And the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ was just like, we tech. We tech, we good when there's pandemics going on. We do what we need to do. <laughs> NASDAQ had an over 30% increase, and that's the best quarter that it's had since 1999. Now, with all those numbers, there's a slight asterisk you got to put next to it, which is the fact that all of these are coming from like all-time lows because the, the, the markets plunged 35% in March due to the pandemic. But it's still on record like the fastest growth we've seen, the fastest rally we've seen on hand in the market. It is just, it's mind-blowing the things that happened in the market this year. Thing First, the 35% drop was the fastest that we've ever seen. It took literally like two days, if not like a, it took like a week and the market just dropped 35%. And it's taken less than three months for us to recover all the way back from those lows and so it's just not all the way back i mean the s p 500 is still four percent it's highs but still it's it's crazy man it's crazy but anyway the first thing that i want to talk about today is facebook facebook getting hit from all sides facebook getting slapped on all sides what do i mean by this so recently facebook has been getting boycotted by different businesses Due to its stance of the way that it wants to deal with whether it be hate speech or whether it be racism speech or whether it be violent speech, Facebook has just been standing on the sidelines. And so organizations got together and started a campaign called Stop Hate for Profit, which basically it called on companies to not sell advertising to Facebook. So a few companies that were initially in on it at the very beginning when the movement started was Patagonia. Unilever, Ben and Jerry's, and Verizon. When it first started, it was like a very small movement when it first started. There were a lot of companies that were doing it. But as the weeks have progressed, 
more and more and more companies have joined in on this movement and it's not just small companies anymore you have companies like microsoft you have companies like verizon you have companies like coca-cola you have companies like pepsi all these companies are starting to like say we're not going to sell ads to facebook anymore until they do something about their policy so this is interesting because Previously, companies would not say anything about this, and so now they're jumping into it because of all the different things that we're seeing on police brutality and systematic racism that we've been talking about over and over and over again. So now they're forcing companies to change their stances on these things. And of course, there's also the issue that Facebook doesn't want to get in the way of like of people being able to have free speech, which is their main defense is like, we want people to have free speech in every way that they can. However, you have companies like Reddit and Twitter that have come out and said, hey, if we see really, really bad stuff on our platforms, we're going to remove those things. And Facebook, Zach uh, Zuckerberg, is it Zach Zuckerberg or Mark Zuckerberg, has always had the stance of, we don't want to be the arbiters of truth. That's his like thing that he always says. He says, we don't want to get in the way of being the arbiters of truth. So that's always been the thing. So Facebook has kind of stayed out of it, but it doesn't have a choice anymore. It has to make a decision. Twitter had to make a decision when it put, when it put those two tags on Donald Trump's tweets, when Donald Trump had some really, really bad tweets that he sent out and they were like fact checking his tweet. Of course, Donald Trump got mad and then he did this whole executive order thing, which is now in the courts and all that stuff. But still, Twitter decided to take a stand. And one of the problems that Facebook has to deal with is that Facebook has so much misinformation on the platform. It has so much misinformation, misinformation and fake news flies, goes rampant on Facebook and Facebook doesn't really do anything about it. Facebook doesn't check uh, any kind of stuff or do anything about it. I mean, it does a little bit, but it doesn't really, really do much about it. And which is really bad, which is why a lot of companies are like, look, if you're not going to do what you need to do to handle what you need to do, we're just not going to give you any of these resources that you need, or we're not going to sell ads to you. Now, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to Facebook, it doesn't really hurt their bottom line that much. Facebook from their top, from the top companies that contribute to Facebook. So we're thinking of companies like Microsoft, Apple, Pepsi, Coke. Of those companies, literally they only make 6% of Facebook's revenue. Literally 6% of Facebook's ad revenue. So it's not really going to hit Facebook's bottom line. However, Today, that number of companies, it, it, when, when this movement started, it was like 100 companies. Now, today, that's over 240 companies with companies like Reebok, Puma, Ford, Adidas, Kroger, Target have all joined in the boycott of Facebook. So it's really, really starting to show is really it might hit their bottom line, but probably not because that's still like not is maybe like less than 10 percent of their ad revenue. But at the same time, we'll see what Facebook does. Is Facebook going to respond to this and actually make a move to change the way that they do? They handle misinformation and bad information on their website and racism on their website and hate speech and those kind of things on their website. Are they going to actually handle it or are they going to keep doing the same things? And the other, the other part of it is, is companies going to keep boycotting Facebook? Because this boycott was just for the month of July. 
It's just for the month of July, not for the entire year or anything like that. It's just for the month of July. So we'll see how this plays out. But it's still interesting to see so many companies putting the, their money where their mouth is and standing up and saying, hey, you guys need to do something about misinformation, need to do something about hate speech. This was one of the problems that the United States faced during the last election. It was because of this issue, misinformation, and the fact that other countries were pumping all this information into the US and misled so many people that we ended up with the election that we had. Now, the next topic that I wanna talk about is one that we have talked about before. So in the past, we talked about Uber Eats and how it was trying to eat. <laughs> I'm trying to make it funny. How Uber Eats was trying to eat Grubhub, but it didn't go through. Uber tried to buy Grubhub for about $5 billion or something like that. And then at the last minute, at the last second, somebody says, I'd, I'm not holding my peace. I have something to say against this union between Uber and Grubhub. And that was the UK company Just Eat. They came out and they were like, yo, we're not allowing this. We're buying Grubhub. And they bought Grubhub for $7.3 So, you know, Uber went away with a broken heart and everything. And it was sad. But it's come out and it's back in the game. It's back in the game. It's making a proposal again. It's back on its knees. It's getting ready. Made back on their knees and they're ready to make another proposal. And this time, they're actually going to try and buy Postmates. And it's going to be a lot cheaper this time. They just made a deal or not really made a deal yet, but they made an offer to buy for to buy Postmates for about two point six billion dollars for about two point six billion dollars. Now, you may be wondering, like, why do we keep talking about these things of Uber Eats trying to buy Postmates or any of these things? One of the big things that we're going to be saying during this pandemic period and during this recession period is we're gonna start seeing a lot of consolidation because a lot of companies are not going to be able to survive after this pandemic because they just don't have the cash flow to survive and come out of this pandemic on the other side better for it. And so we're gonna be seeing a lot of consolidation. And in the, in the delivery food service, consolidation is so needed because a study found that about 43% of people are disloyal or not 43% but like a lot of people are disloyal to using just one service for delivery like we usually just use the best one that is available to us that has the cheapest delivery rate or we have a free delivery thing we're not really big on like oh I only use Uber Eats or I only use Grubhub or I only use Postmates and so Consolidation is key for any one of these companies to be able to grab onto a big market share and also get revenue from it. Postmates only made up about 6% of the market. Grubhub makes up about 20% of the market. And then the large share of the market, the biggest share of the market is goes to, I believe the largest share of the market goes to uh, DoorDash. DoorDash has about 23% of the market. And then there's a few other players that nobody really cares about because they're really small and usually they're very much local oriented. And so with that being said, Uber is trying to get a larger sum of the market by partnering up with Postmates, trying to get that 6% that Postmates has so that it can grow up to that 30%, which means then it can increase its costs or increase its prices a little bit and reduce the cost because now it's it doesn't have to keep competing competing price wise because at the end of the day you got to find ways to reduce your cost so you can keep making revenue and keep growing 
The next one is something that I've been talking about for a while now when it comes to American businesses in America and just the way that American business operates is this idea of profits over people. There's this massive idea and ideology. Most of it is because of somebody called um, Marx, not Howard Marx, uh, I forget the name of the guy, but he came up with a theory where he said that shareholders and companies should prioritize profits over everything. Like profits should be the only thing that any company should care about and he shouldn't care about all these other things. And the only people that they should care about is their stakeholders or their shareholders, not really stakeholders. And so because of that idea, you have a lot of companies making a lot of stupid and a lot of poor decisions for their workers, poor decisions for the environment, poor decisions for the communities that they work in. They abuse the places that they are allowed to do business in because profits is the number one thing, which means we got to cut costs as much as possible. And speaking about that, we take a look at American Airlines, which just announced on Friday that it will begin to fill planes up all the way. It announced and American Airlines said Friday that it will continue to notify passengers when their planes are full and allow them to switch to less crowded flights at no extra cost. However, it will start to resume full flights starting Wednesday. And the CDC, a CDC official came out and said he's very, very disappointed in this announcement from, from American Airlines, which makes sense. Like American Airlines, I mean, in one hand, it's like economically, it makes sense because American Airlines is bleeding money right now. The airline industry is bleeding money right now. But on the same hand, it's not like American Airlines is the only airlines that's bleeding money. You have Southwest that's also bleeding money. You have Delta that's also bleeding money. But guess what those did? Those did not come out and say, hey, we're starting to have full flights. No, they said for the time being, especially because right now, which is like American make this airlines when right now we're seeing an increase in cases all over the United States. We just hit a new high of 47,000 cases in one day for the corona pandemic. So for American Airlines to come out and be like, oh, you know what? We need some full, full flights. We need to make some money because we need this money. It just, it just shows like where we are as a nation when it comes to businesses. Businesses are always going to prioritize their profit margin over people. And it's really, really unfortunate that that's where we are right now. It's really, really unfortunate that American Airlines can now look past just their profits, put their profits aside for a little bit so that they can protect their customers. So my advice to every single one of you out there, don't buy American Airlines tickets because more than likely when you're on the plane, you're going to be on a full flight. Go with Delta, go with Southwest. That First of all, those are the only two flights that I usually buy. So for me, it doesn't really bother me. I don't care because I don't fly American. I'll never fly American. I'll never fly United. I'll always fly Delta or Southwest because I'm just always treated better with those two. I guess there's also a reason why Delta and Southwest do the best out of all the other airlines. Things like this, customer service, it matters. It matters a lot. But anyway, moving on from there, I got good news for y'all. I got good news for y'all. Finally, 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 seems like we are taking feedback or we're using this period of the pandemic to actually review where we are as a nation, to review where we are as a people, to review where we are headed in the future. And I say all of that because the Democrats just unveiled a new climate plan 
to discuss what they're going to do about climate change, to discuss some of the moves and some of the things that they're going to try and push forward for climate change. This this plan was unveiled in the House of Representatives and it was a 547 page report. Don't worry, I got y'all covered. Y'all don't have to go look for this report and read all 500 pages of this thing. I got y'all covered. Not that I'm going to read 547 pages of a legal document that says the same thing 20,000 times. I ain't got time for that. I'm an engineer. If you ain't going to put it simple and plain for me, I'm out. But some of the key things from this from this plan that the Democrats put together is one, they want to reach a goal of net zero greenhouse gases emissions by 2050. Now, we've talked about it in the past, but let me explain again. When it says net zero greenhouse gas emissions, that does not mean that there will be no sources of greenhouse gas emissions. That does not mean that we're going to be using all renewable energy or that we're just going to be driving uh, battery powered vehicles or anything like that. All that means is like for everything that's going into the atmosphere, for every pollutant that's going into the atmosphere, it's going to be canceled out in one shape, form or fashion, whether that be with trees, whether that be with carbon capture, whatever form that is. So we're going to get to the point. The goal is for it to get to that point by 2050. Some other things that they announced as well is they want to eliminate pollutions from cars. Now, this is a different thing. They want to eliminate pollutions from cars by 2035. In other words, they want car manufacturers to stop making gas powered vehicles by 2035. And finally, they want power plants to achieve net neutrality, which is net zero neutrality by 2040, which is the same thing. It's basically getting to that goal by 2040 of just if you're releasing anything into the atmosphere make sure you're doing something to capture it or you're counteracting it in some way shape or form now the interesting thing is everything that they put in this in this 500 page document a lot of businesses are already doing this because partly because of the move from investor companies like blackrock that we've talked about multiple times and amazon which have said that hey we need more we need more uh, carbon capture things. We need more investment to make sure that we're pushing forward in the fight against pollution and in the fight against climate change and in the fight against global warming, all that stuff. We've seen that a lot of companies are changing their stance, which is why it was always head scratching to me when you had a lot of people in the Republican Party or in the Senate or our president who would try and start pushing for coal again when the entire world was moving away from it but that's neither here nor there but yeah so this is this is very good news this is very good news one of the things that i found interesting when i was reading articles about this was one of the things that it pointed out is just the effects that climate change has had on marginalized communities where they are suffering the effects much more than any other communities like well-off communities not going to see most of the effects but marginalized communities tend to suffer from climate change more than anything else so they're kind of using the black lives matter movement and using this current climate that we are in with the social justice and everything that's going on right now to try and push forward with this new climate change proposal that they're putting up the other thing that you should note about this climate change proposal is the fact that it is not the Green New Deal. It is not the extreme deal that was presented, I believe it was last year, that was just like super extreme going on the other side of things that no company was going to do 
but at the same time those ideals some of it was put into this new policy so it's pretty cool to see that happening the last major news of the day before we get out of here is we're going to talk about the possibility of another stimulus check so president trump came out i believe it was last week and said he is in support of another stimulus check going out for another stimulus package being made however there's a problem the problem is we have congress who are the ones that have to sign in sign in and create this package and well both sides keeps bickering both the house and the senate keeps bickering so the issue is they keep looking at the last one they look at the cares act and they say what, what was our shortcomings and how can we make it better this time around the problem is both sides keep arguing and fighting with one another about what the reasons that the stimulus package the first one the cares act didn't do as well as it was supposed to do so you have the democrats that blame the republicans for doing something and then you have the republicans that's blaming the democrats for doing something and both parties just keep going back and forth and blaming each other and arguing and just keep wasting time basically they just keep arguing and bickering and not being as urgent as they need to be about doing this because while they're arguing and bickering about this whole thing there are still about 33 million people that are unemployed right now we still have about 33 million people that are unemployed and then the other big issue when it comes to this is also the fact that congress is about to go on something called recess i call it a glorified vacation but either way they're about to go on recess and the problem with them going on recess is for the majority of july congress uh, congress is not going to be in session in other words they're not going to be discussing these things it gives only 11 days literally 11 days for them to actually sit down and hash out the decision now of course the last time it only took them like what five days to actually sit down and decide on what they want to do so I, I mean they can definitely do it but if they keep bickering like this especially right now when they don't have anything to actually force their hands the last time when they actually sat down and did something they were pushed more because they saw like oh my god this unemployment numbers keeps climbing like every week you see millions upon millions upon millions it was like two million people three million people every every week it was like 10 million people and you just kept on seeing these numbers of unemployment just keep just keep climbing and so they had pressure to do something as quickly as possible now we've kind of tapered off and we're not seeing those high unemployment numbers i mean still we're still seeing like over a million people every week apply for unemployment benefits but yet it's not the same so they're feeling like oh we got time we can kind of make this work and so you have these congress the house and the senate just kind of sitting back and like oh we'll just hash this out we'll work on it there's not a sense of urgency they don't have a sense of urgency that hey we need to get this thing done as quickly as possible they don't have that sense of urgency anymore and it's a problem because you have a lot of people a lot of people that are dependent on the thing the other issue is that a lot of the unemployment benefits are bound to expire at the end of july so in other words they only get 11 days to discuss about this thing from the 20th july 20th to july 31st before they have another recess in august which means that there's not enough time to really hash out details and so we might end up in the same pitfall that we ended up with when it came to the care when it came to the cares act because guess what they need to take their vacation 
And I just have a huge problem with that whole idea that they're taking recess at this point in time. Because for every business and every company that I've worked in, when we had a problem, guess what nobody could do? Go home until they solved that problem. I have not seen any CEO or any, just even your typical worker bee, just be like, ah, you know what? Ah, we faced a problem. I'm going home. No, you solve the problem. But when it comes to our government, forget it. They're going on recess. They're going on vacation. So it just, I really hope that they come together and they come up with something quickly and they stop all their bickering and all their mini, mini, mini fighting that they keep on doing every single time. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. The last thing I wanted to do is just a simple, I wish I had done this at the beginning of the podcast. It's something that I want to start doing, which is the question of the day. The question for today is, do you know what USMCA stands for? I'm going to give y'all a second to think about it. You can pause the podcast before I give y'all the answer. Do you know what USMCA stands for? One thing that I want to do is also to kind of give you guys some information to make y'all just a little bit smarter as you go back into the world. Not just smarter about knowing some of the news that's going on, but knowing actually things that affect you every single day. But anyway, time is up. USMCA stands for the United States, Canada, and Mexico Agreement. This is the new trade agreement that is going to be replacing NAFTA. Now, if you don't know what NAFTA is, NAFTA is the North Atlantic no, my bad. North America Free Trade Agreement. It's the North America Free Trade Agreement. Remember when we we're discussing all this stuff about trade war this and trade war that, and one of the trade wars was because between the US and Canada and Mexico and all that stuff and NAFTA and all this other stuff? Well, basically, that's the idea. So the, the new USMCA agreement just went into action today. So it is now the new trade agreement that we have between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. And that's it. That's all I got for y'all today. Oh, and of course, we already talked about the fact that Mississippi removed the flag with the emblem of the Confederate Confederacy, which is awesome news. It's awesome news to see. It is way too late and it's way overdue, but we are glad that it finally, finally, finally happened. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire podcast. Just do a quick recap of everything that we talked about on here. We started off talking about Facebook and the fact that everybody and their grandmama is boycotting Facebook and not giving them ad dollars right now. But really, it still doesn't hurt the bottom line of Facebook. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't look good on Facebook side. All it does is affect their stock, which I guess will force them to make a move, hopefully. Then we talked about the fact that Uber is about to buy Postmates. So if you're invested in Uber, this is a good news because it shows that Uber is really, really serious about being a dominant force in the delivery industry. And the fact that consolidations is something that's going to keep happening during this recession. Then we talked about the fact that profits over people is still very much a thing for a lot of American businesses, unfortunately, using American Airlines as an example of the fact that they don't want to share their profits or not even share their profits. They don't want to limit the amount of people in flights because guess what? They got to make that money. And then finally, we hit on the fact that Democrats just came out with a new plan to tackle climate change. And the plan really is an old plan because most companies were already doing most of the stuff in there. But still, it's good to see pen hit paper from a more 
governmental standpoint. And then we talked about maybe we're going to get another stimulus. Maybe not. We don't know because we're waiting on Congress to not wait for somebody to slap them across the head or slap them across the face before they act. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all are one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And remember, wash your hands and generosity is always, always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.